Welcome to the Mind Tricks Radio Distortion of the Day. This is where I explain and discuss in under 10 minutes basic concepts in clinical psychology that I hope you will find practical and useful in your life. Thanks for tuning in. Hey there, Mind Tricks Radio fans. I'm Dr. Aaron Kaplan, clinical psychologist, and today I'm talking briefly about a very common cognitive distortion that we all use from time to time catastrophic thinking. Yes, that was just a monkey making a huge deal about not getting a big enough banana and worried that he might starve to death as a result. But alas, catastrophic thinking, or catastrophizing, is not monkey business. It is a form of erroneous thinking that can cause great stress and anxiety to people. When you engage in catastrophic thinking, you're basically focusing on the worst-case scenario and overinflating the likelihood of it coming true. But guess what? The worst-case scenario almost never comes true, and even in cases where it does come true, or almost comes true, the consequences are often not as nearly as bad as one fears. What are examples of catastrophic thinking? Well, let's look at thoughts around safety. Suppose your spouse wants to take you on a dinner cruise. We've got great dinner cruises that leave Waikiki around sunset where people can dine, dance, drink a Mai Tai, and watch the sunset. But you don't want to go because, well, the boat might sink. Of all things that could go wrong on a dinner cruise, the boat sinking would be pretty high on the list of catastrophic things that might happen. Or how about doing poorly on a test? If I don't do well on this test, I might fail my class. If I fail my class, I might fail out of school. If I fail out of school, I'll fail out of life. And then I'll be left with nothing. No future, no job possibilities, no life. Bupkis. Yeah, a lot is riding on that test, all right. Or how about a first date? I'm going on a coffee date with a woman I met at a social gathering. I'm pretty nervous, and I'm worried I might stutter on the date, have a hard time conversing, and make a complete fool out of myself. If she sees this, she'll be completely turned off and probably tell all her friends about what a freak I am. Then nobody's ever going to go out on a date with me, and I'll be all alone in this world. Sound dramatic? Well, it's catastrophic. Let's try one more. I'm new at my job, and I have an unfamiliar task that's really hard for me to complete. I don't want to ask for help, because if I do, my supervisor is going to think I'm incompetent, and I'll be on my way to termination. Word gets around fast, and nobody in the field will hire me after the miserable reputation I receive. I know, these examples sound dramatic. I like to be dramatic to illustrate a point. The fact is, these examples are not so far off from what I hear regularly in my clinical practice. People often tend to exaggerate and overinflate the likelihood of the worst-case scenario happening. When I work with patients on catastrophic thinking, I have them take a logical and even scientific approach to examining the statistical probability of the worst-case scenario occurring. What is the probability of the dinner cruise sinking? Let's look for statistics, perhaps on the internet for news stories about dinner cruises sinking while guests were slurping their margaritas and doing the mamba. I'm guessing you won't find too many sunken dinner cruises. But let's say your dinner cruise did, in fact, spring a leak. What is the chance that a boat like that will just keel over and plunge to the depths of the ocean? I'm guessing there are life rafts, there's coast guards nearby enough to pick up the passengers before visiting Davy Jones's locker. What happens if I fail a test? Well, first off, 
I'm only going to fail the class if I failed most of the other tests or homework assignments because the grade in my class is going to be an average of all the grades. So one test does not maketh the grade. Sure, if I had a B in the class, maybe I'll get dragged down to a C. But is that failing? No. But even if I did fail the class, would I fail school completely? Would I fail in life? There's a long sequence of events that need to take place for total catastrophic failure that are likely not dependent on that one test. And even then, is there really such a thing as a catastrophic fail? Well, not really in this situation. The failure to achieve one thing only opens the door to try again or try something different. What if I'm nervous on my first date? And what if my date knows that I'm nervous because I'm stuttering or I'm having trouble making conversation? Would it be a catastrophic date? Well, perhaps it won't end up on a second date. But perhaps she finds my nervousness endearing. Or maybe she's nervous too and relieved to see that both of us are struggling. Or she's sympathetic and compassionate and realizes first dates can be anxiety-provoking. But what if she really doesn't want to see me again? Well, it could be for so many other reasons and not related to my nervousness. Who knows? But whatever the reason, is she likely to spread wild gossip about how awful I was on the date? Well, I didn't do anything to hurt her, so it's hard to imagine she would be inclined to smear my name all over the wall in the ladies' room just because I was nervous. But then again, let's just say she was a really mean, horrible person, and the time and energy to let the world know how bad I was was something she wanted to do. Well, her world might consist of a few friends, and guess what? There are billions of people in the world, so it's hard to imagine that gossip about this one unfortunate date with one mean woman is going to travel through cyberspace to the devices of every other potential partner, every other woman around the world that I could imagine. Not likely going to happen. In the final example, what is the likelihood of asking for help of my supervisors going to lead to my ultimate career downfall? First off, you know the saying, there are no stupid questions. Presumably, most supervisors would welcome questions because it means their employees are conscientious about doing things right and value their input. But let's say your supervisor is annoyed. Does it mean he thinks you're an incompetent and should be fired? There are many reasons why he might be annoyed, and not because he thinks you're incompetent and needs to get fired. The chances of actually being fired for not knowing how to do something is very unlikely, especially if it's something you've never done before or you don't have a lot of experience with. But even if you were fired, is this such a massive catastrophe? Chances are, if you got fired for asking a question on how to do something, it's a pretty miserable place to work in the first place, and why would you want to be there? And since you were able to land that job, chances are pretty good you'll find another one if you need to. So, it all comes down to probabilities and logic. What are the chances the worst-case scenario will come true, based on your conclusion on this evidence and logic? If the chances are extremely low, then it's better to assume the worst-case scenario won't come true. And you know what? The best-case scenario usually doesn't come true either. The results usually fall somewhere in the middle, and most people can live with that. That's the gray area of life, and that's the norm. I know some people like to say, it's best to expect the worst-case scenario, so I'm prepared for it if it comes. But guess what? Then you're living your life in fear. 
and likely not taking reasonable calculated risks that allow you to grow as a person and find meaning and fulfillment in life. You're so busy protecting yourself from the worst thing happening that you're inhibiting yourself from living life. And by the way, it is likely that during the entire lifetime, your entire lifespan, there will be one or two catastrophic events that'll take place. That's life. That's what it means to be a human in the universe. But do you really want to be living in fear and overprepared for those one or two events that take place over a lifetime, 70, 80, 90, 100 years? Or would you rather be enjoying the billions of moments in between that fall in the gray zones? Think about it. Thanks for listening to this week's Distortion of the Day. I'm Dr. Aaron Kaplan, and I wish you the best in cognitive clarity. Thank you for listening to Mind Tricks Radio. I hope you have enjoyed the program. For more information about Mind Tricks, you can go to my website, www.waikikihealth.com. Be sure to subscribe to Mind Tricks on your preferred podcasting host to be notified of new episodes of Mind Tricks. Please take some time to give Mind Tricks a good rating and review wherever you are listening. It really helps get the word out to new listeners. And please like and share Mind Tricks posts on Twitter and Facebook by following your host, Dr. Aaron Kaplan.